Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of Like Hearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey. And we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow and thrive in our daily lives. How was your Christmas? It was so good. It was so chill and just cozy and relaxing. We didn't do a whole lot, which was kind of nice for a change. What about you? Yeah, we um, we spent it with Taylor's family, which was really interesting just because I haven't, we've never actually spent Christmas Day together. We oh, really? always have, yeah, we've always been with our own families on Christmas Day. It's an adjustment. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but it was, it was fun. His mom makes this thing called bubble bread. And I don't even really know what it is. It's just like Delicious. bread and sugar and cinnamon <laughs> and it has cherries on top. And so they eat that every Christmas morning and it is delicious. So we have that and then we open presents and my family typically, we go around in a circle and we open one present at a time. And then in between you hug whoever gave you the present. And But Taylor's family doesn't do that. They just... You just open your pre- – like everybody just goes all at the same time. I mean, I think that's the normal way to do it. it I, maybe. I don't know. I, I like the hug thing, but we just open our presents. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. I, I feel like I was like tentatively – Taylor's like, I keep going. Like keep opening. And I was like, I just want to see what everybody got though. Yeah. <laughs> see if they liked the things that I got them and all that. So yeah, that was just a, a new experience. Um, also, Taylor's parents got a puppy. Oh my gosh. And so that has, that's been what a great Christmas gift, joy. Truly. Yeah. She is an English golden retriever. So she's like very light furred. White. Yeah. And so she just looks like a snowball. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. She's super cute. <laughs> What's her name? Mercy. Mercy. Yeah. So, so cute. Been doing a lot of have mercy <laughs> yeah. jokes. That's perfect. We like to say merci. Whenever she does something sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we got a lot of nicknames or just little little comments that we're making about her. So cute. Yeah. She's precious. Millie is definitely jealous. And anytime that Mercy is getting attention, she like runs over and it's like, me too. You can also pet me. Remember? I mean, yeah, that's my whole life because, you know, two, having two dogs in the house, we're like that all the time. And it's a good thing we have two hands. But also <laughs> when we're at my parents... My brother uh-huh. has a dog, and then my mom has a dog, so it's just four of them, and there's it's a lot. Do they get along? One of our dogs doesn't get along with my brother's dog because when he was a puppy, they had an altercation. He doesn't oh. know. He's 75 pounds, and he thinks he's a lap dog, and he doesn't mm-hmm. really know his strength, and he doesn't, he doesn't know when he should stop playing with the dog because they don't want him to play with them. Right. So he ended up actually hurting her and she's just a little bit traumatized from it still. So, yeah. You know, your body just doesn't forget that type of stuff. It doesn't, but she also growls at him constantly. So it's just, it's a never ending game of keeping the dogs away from each other. Oh gosh. Yeah. That sounds a little bit stressful. Yeah. But it's okay. They're both cute. They're worth it. Yeah. (laughs) They're both cute. Um, how would you say you've been growing this week? Oh, um, actually, I feel like this week I've been a lot more motivated than I have probably for the past month. So I'm really getting my stuff together for the new year. I'm going to mm-hmm. be adjusting my diet a little bit 
fortunately and unfortunately. So I've been prepping for that and just kind of generally more motivated to get some projects done and stuff around the house. Yeah. What about you? Got that New Year's fire going. Oh, yeah. Um, so I ordered this Enneagram book because I was like, all right, well, we're going to be talking about Enneagrams and I think Enneagram stuff is super interesting. So I ordered this book that I had been wanting to read called The Road Back to You. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I realized that I actually ordered the study guide instead of the actual book. So I was basically trying to get the spark notes apparently, even though it's not really a spark notes version, it's just like kind of a workbook that helps you, um, understand the book more and get more out of your Enneagram. So I haven't, so I, I, I've grown in the sense of that I am setting myself up for growth, but I haven't actually done anything yet because I need to get the actual book. I mean, the study guide will probably come in handy once you have the book. Yeah, no, I think it definitely will. And I'm glad that I have the study guide because I think it'll be cool to work through the questions and you can do it as a group or individually. You know, we love some thoughtful questions, so probably we can I talk know, about it together like, or we can do we it on our definitely ladies night call. <laughs> I think we will definitely be doing that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that was good. Well, I know we want to talk about Enneagram, but I also don't think we need to go really in depth with the different types because I know a lot of people are already familiar with them. So yes, let's just talk through the nine types really quick. And then we'll, we can tell people where we learned about the Enneagram. Okay. That sounds good. And also we will create kind of a list and put it on our Instagram of places you can go if you want to get more content and learn more about your specific Enneagram. So Enneagram one is the reformer. And there, depending on like where you look, there are like various words that people attach to the numbers, but the place that we looked was the reformer. And these people are typically rational and idealistic. Enneagram two, which is Anna, is the helper and they are caring and interpersonal. And then the achiever, which is Bracey's wing. Yes. Number three, they're typically success oriented and pragmatic. And four, which is my main type, is the individualist and they're sensitive and withdrawn. Which was... Whenever I was looking at that, I was like, oh, withdrawn? Really? That's I'm, – I'm really interested in that part of it. Yeah, I would say that that's probably one of those characteristics that is an unhealthy characteristic of the four. But mm. when – I think there's a, a healthy expression of the fourness, with, I wouldn't consider it to be part of that. Definitely. And I think, yeah, in each Enneagram, there's information about like when you're healthy, you probably behave like this and you it looks like this. And when you're not, it looks a different way. Right. So I think that's interesting too. Yeah. Okay. Number five is the investigator. They are intense and cerebral. The six is the loyalist and they are committed and security oriented. The seven is the enthusiast and they are busy and fun loving. The eight is the challenger, and they're powerful and dominating. And then number nine, which is the last one, is the peacemaker. They're easygoing and self-effacing. Um, it's interesting, too, because so the Enneagrams are split up into triads. Mm-hmm. So the two, three, and four, their core fear is about is shame-driven, and the eight, nine, and one is anger-driven, and the five, six, and seven is fear-driven. Interesting. All of their core fears are around those specific words. Hmm. And it's it's interesting. 
When did you first learn about Enneagrams? I think I have been familiar with Enneagrams since maybe around 2014, 2015. It was shortly after I graduated college. And I immediately latched onto Enneagram because it is so easy to understand the nine different types and like be able to have a good understanding of somebody else based on their type. Um, I think Mm -hmm. it's a good tool for understanding other people's motivations and kind of how they show up. Yeah, totally. Like how they exist in the world and like where they're just where they're coming from. Yeah. And it's been really cool because I think Instagram has really popularized the Enneagram. And I know that you and I share stuff about it all the time because Mm -hmm. there's tons of accounts online that you can go and look and learn new things about the Enneagram all the time. Yeah. And a lot of people are so talented. There are a lot of really cute like illustrations. Illustrations. Yeah. of And just some of them are kind of silly and some of them are serious, but yeah, they're just fun to look at. Yep. When, when did you learn um, about the Enneagram? I don't really remember, but it definitely has been the last like four years, I would say. And I feel like I didn't really start becoming like interested in it until maybe the last two years or something. Like I love taking personality tests. I just think they're, they're just fun and they're interesting. It's, it's cool to like learn different things about yourself and see how accurate some of these things are. And I think of all, all the things that I've done and like know something about, at least it's, I feel like Enneagram is just, it gets me. It's always so accurate. I also really like the concept of the wings. And mm-hmm. recently I've realized that your wing isn't always static. Uh, sometimes like throughout your life, it can kind of, Yeah. Based on where you are, you can kind of adjust. And some people have balance wings. Some people don't really have a wing, like they're a true whatever number they are. Um, Yeah. But I feel like when I am working and like in career situations, I, my three wing really comes out. But when I'm at home, I'm more of a five. Oh, interesting. Can you say like a little more about that? Well, I just feel like a lot of what I went through in corporate really kind of exacerbated my three wing in an unhealthy way. So, I mean, we've talked about how I associate work and worth sometimes, and I feel like that's stereotypical Enneagram 3, success-oriented. Mm-hmm. The more I do, the, the better I am as a person or, like, the more value I have. And Totally. I'm already thinking about some of our threes. In my brain yeah, right now. I'm absolutely. Like, oh, yeah, they're totally like that. <laughs> absolutely. And sometimes it's fascinating too because I think that because I'm a three wing, I can almost spot those behaviors more than a four. Like if I were to see another four, I don't think I would think about it as much as the three. It's like the three part of my personality can sometimes be the part of my personality that I struggle with the most. And That I can tend to fall into those unhealthy habits. So it's just, it's really apparent to me when I see it in other people. Yeah. What about you? How do you uh, interact with your wings? I hadn't really, yeah, I hadn't really thought about interacting with my three because, so yeah, I'm a two wing one, but I guess, yeah, now that you, that you talk about the three being kind of success oriented and kind of feeling like the more I do, the, the more I'm worth that totally does show up in my work. Because I'm, and I'm just such a yes person that it's like, oh, well, if I do all these things for everybody, then I'll be worth more to them or I'll be 
I'll yeah. be better. They'll think they'll think I'm so successful and have my stuff together. It's and almost all like of that jazz. It sounds like you're almost using your three wing to enhance your two parts of your personality. It's like you're using yeah. the three um, perk, the perks of being a three, to like be a better two. Yeah, but I hadn't ever thought about that before until you just said that. And I think with honestly, I think my wing as a one. I mean, it makes sense, like my career choice, like working in social work, it's like, oh, it's very idealistic. Like I can be self-disciplined. I want to make the world a better place. But I do think my, like my unhealthy behaviors are more one centered. What unhealthy behaviors would you consider a one to have? (sighs) Like really critical. I would agree with that. I'm married to a one, so I am intimately familiar with these. Yeah, I can be really critical sometimes. Not necessarily, I mean, I don't think necessarily to other people, but very definitely self-critical. I remember, so the other, we have a couple other twos in our like tight-knit friend group and they are both wing threes. And I remember sending them something that was, it was like the twos and then it had both wings and the one stuff was like, I don't remember what it was, but it would just like wasn't exciting. And the three stuff was like, oh, they're social and everybody loves them and all this stuff. And I was like, I wish I was a three. Like they're so much better than me, like all this stuff. And then I'm like reading the one and it's like, it's really self-critical of themselves. (laughs) Oh, Anna. I was like, oh yeah, there I am. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's fun. It's, I can be unhealthy sometimes for sure. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting about like relationships with other twos is that they can be competitive ah. in the sense of like, who's the better helper. That's fascinating. Who's, I've never thought about better. it in that capacity. Yeah. I just read about it recently and I was like, oh man, do I do that? And I'm like, there've definitely been times when I will we'll have like done something for somebody and then like another two will do it for somebody as well or something similar. And like the other person will get credit or will it'll be like, oh, look, at this person did this thing for me. And I'm like, I did something for you as well. And you're like not telling anybody about it. And so it like hurts my feelings. And I'm like, oh my God, why do I, I need to get out of this, this line of thinking. That's crazy. And so I think it's shown up for me in that way as like being competitive before. Honestly, I'm very, very glad that we don't have any other four friends because I would probably feel incredibly competitive because the four is an individualist. And if anybody else was also mm-hmm. an individual, that would just hurt my little Enneagram four soul. Yeah. I could see that getting competitive of like, who's the more, who's the most unique? Yeah. The most unique. Honestly, um, that's been a theme of my whole life. It's it's kind of nice to have a label for it, honestly, to be like, oh yeah, I'm an individualist. Like this isn't just totally out of left field. Cause like when I was growing up, I never wanted to buy any clothes that anybody else might have. And I distinctly remember in like the third or fourth grade, I bought this sweater from Target that I was really in love with. And then a girl at school went and please copied find me. a picture. Please find a picture of this of this uh this target sweater honestly it was cute i'd probably still wear it It was like black and white speckled like a long cardigan and Mm -hmm. a girl went and copied it she went and bought it because i had it which to an enneagram four is like a big no-no i was very upset yeah it's the worst thing you can do well and it's different if it's like oh they didn't know i had it and they just also liked it or whatever like it still might sting a little bit but it's not as bad as like straight up being like oh my god i love that you have that I'm going to go get it. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, and I think another interesting thing too about you being a four is that when I am being a healthier version of myself, I act more like a four. Really? And so I think that's interesting. And like, so you're a four wing three. And then my therapist that I like loved dearly was also a four wing three. I mean, you talked about her and I feel like we would be best friends. I think you would be. Um, Yeah, you both have very similar interests. Um, But yeah, so when I'm operating at my best in regards to being like more aware of my emotions and my needs, that's when I'm acting like a four. That makes sense. I feel like the four gets a bad rap about the emotions thing because I think a lot of what's out there is like fours are moody and, you know, just like we said earlier, withdrawn. And I don't think that that's true if the person that is a four, I think we have loud emotions, but I think if you Mm. are healthy about it, then that's, that doesn't have to be the case. Um, And the way that I've described it to my Enneagram one husband who has very few emotions is Mm -hmm. I, I really believe that sometimes when you have loud, happy times, then you also have loud, low times. Like it's just my um, emotional swing is a little bit uh, wider than most people. Okay. That makes sense. Do you know any seven, eights, or nines? Yes. Um, two of my good okay. friends I was are... like, do these people exist? Absolutely. And actually, um, <laughs> two of my friends who they're, they're best friends, and one's a seven wing eight, and the other's an eight wing seven, and they are like, they travel together. They're, they just get along so well, and it's fascinating to me because they're just like a little bit opposite of each other, but similar. Yeah. And honestly, they are both very demonstrative of their type. Like Sarah is a seven wing eight. At least this is a, a, another interesting conversation because she, for a long time, tried to tell me that she was a three. And I was like, I promise you're not a three. I promise you're a seven. But it's actually, I think I was a little rude. I shouldn't have tried to type her. I don't think that's a nice thing to do to other people. But she finally did read the seven section. I think she's come around. But she's so... Okay adventurous. She loves to travel. She'll, at the drop of a hat, go and like go on some random adventure. She's just like a lot of fun. And Mm -hmm. then Erica's my friend who's an eight and she's just like a boss. Like she knows what she wants. She doesn't take any shit. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like she's She's powerful and dominating. Yeah, she is. And she like, it doesn't apologize about it either. And it's also really interesting, too, because she and I have this ongoing conversation about empathy because I feel like I'm overly empathetic and she is maybe mm-hmm. not quite so empathetic. Maybe under maybe under empathetic. Yeah. So maybe if we talk about empathy on the show, she can come on and talk about it because we have very different stances on that. But yeah, she's such an eight. And I feel like the empathy thing just doesn't really come as naturally to them. Yeah, that makes sense. Whenever I was like looking through all the all the types. I was like, I don't even know anybody that's a seven or an eight or a nine. And I was like, that's so weird to... I feel like I don't really... I have one friend who's a six and we have a friend who is a five, but I Mm -hmm. don't feel like I have a good grip on those two types as much as the others. Mm -hmm. I feel like those people are a little like mysterious. Yeah. I was just going to say that because I think our friend Evan... Mm-hmm. I can't remember if he's a five wing six or a six wing five. He's a five wing six. Okay. But yeah, he's definitely mysterious. It's super difficult to like get inside his head and like mm-hmm. understand what he's thinking or like why he's thinking in a certain way. Yeah. Um, what is Taylor's type? He's an unknown. Oh. Which is 
Yeah, he has tested. He's taken the test multiple times. And I think it kind of just depends on like where he's at emotionally and mentally when he takes it. Mm -hmm. Because he's been a five before. He's been a three. He's been a nine. Here's the thing about threes. And I think this is why so many people um, sometimes test or like feel like they're a three. I mm-hmm. think that our society is heavily, heavily weighted towards the three type of personality. And so I think that we're almost conditioned to be more three-like than any other type because our okay. society is based on like smart goals and like being successful yeah. and working totally. really hard. And like those are all three type things. And so I think if you are conditioned that way, then it, you do seem like a three. Yeah. Well, I remember, I think the first time he ever took it, he was a five or a six. He was one of those. And it made more sense to me. But when he tested when he was a three, he was like a three wing two. And I was like, I don't Mm. think you are. I could definitely see him being a five. Yeah, I think. And I really, it bums me out a little bit that he doesn't have, it's not like a clear winner, but because he like has a different number every time he takes it, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't necessarily helpful. Yeah, that's got to be hard. I honestly, Enneagram has been so good for Seb and I's relationship because one of the things that when we started dating that really frustrated me with him is that he is so detail oriented, like to the point where it makes me want to pull my hair out. Like it makes him do things really slowly and like he'll, he'll go as slow as he needs to, to make sure it's perfect. And I am, I'm the last person that's worried about perfect. Like all I want is it, is for it to be done and like good Mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. And that's been a real challenge in our relationship to find a balance. But as soon as I realized he was an Enneagram one, it clicked in my mind that like, he doesn't do it to make me angry. He does it because he's not trying to make you frustrated. Right. It's just the way he is. And so it, it like almost gave me an excuse to just like, okay, I'll give him a little more leeway on these things. And I know it's coming from a good place. So now I just make fun of him sometimes like, oh, your Enneagram (laughs) one's coming out. It's showing. Yeah. Enneagram showing. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what's so cool about Enneagrams is that it just helps you understand people. And it, I think it gives you more empathy for them or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't – it's not – this isn't something that I need to make about me. Right. Or the, internalize yeah. in some way. It's like, no, this is just – this is who they are. This is how they operate in the world. And that's why they're doing it this way. Right. It's just because it's wrong for me to do it that way doesn't mean it's wrong for him to do it that way. Totally. And that's – I feel like that's so hard in relationships in a lot of ways. Like, Right. I mean, it's also still, it's also nice because now I can be like, look, I understand that you're doing your Enneagram one thing, but also we have 20 minutes and I need you to finish up in 10. <laughs> That's good though. I I mean, it's like an acknowledgement mm-hmm. of who they are and why yeah. they're doing this and also an acknowledgement of reality and that right. might help like bring him in a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. So I am a two wing one, like we already said, but I wanted to go through like my fear, my desire, my strengths and weaknesses. Um, so my basic fear is being unwanted by those I love, which is so true. And it's interesting. It's spot on. And I, I remember when I read that for the first time, it was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, like this is, this is the thing that I am most afraid of, but I don't know that I would have 
been able to say that if I hadn't read that with my Enneagram. I don't know that I would have, because when people are like, what's the thing you're most afraid of? That's not, that just, it hasn't ever been like something that I've thought of or that I would have wanted to say out loud, even if I had, because it just brings up a lot of shame. Well, Um, I don't know though, because it's, I mean, having friends who, a lot of friends who are twos, it's nice to know that because I can actually be sensitive to it. Like, I know that you guys need to know that, like, I love you and that you're a good friend and all those things. Yeah. And I think it doesn't take away from it for me either. Like, even when I know, I'm like, oh, this person knows that I need this and they're being a little extra about it because they're my friend and they know that they know what I need. It doesn't like take away from it at all to me. I'm like, it doesn't make me think like, oh, they're just saying that because. No, we go, we go out (laughs) of our way to do it because we love you. So sweet. (laughs) Um, well, and my basic desire is to be loved and wanted and appreciated. Well, there you go. (laughs) So it's really, it's, it's killing two birds with one stone. Although I don't think we should kill birds. So. I'm sorry that I use that <laughs> as as the idiom or whatever it is. Um, so I tend to stifle and repress my own needs and my negative emotions because I don't want to engage in conflict or to do something that would make somebody not want to be around me anymore. You don't want to be a burden to other people with your feelings. Absolutely not. And And that's the funny thing too, is like, I was able to name that when I was younger, like in high school, like, oh, I don't want to talk to somebody about this because this is my problem and I don't want to burden other people with this. But when people would flip that and say like, well, when I come to you and I'm upset about this thing, do you feel like I'm burdening you? And I'm like, oh my God, no, like absolutely not. But I hold myself to a different standard than I hold everybody else. Don't we Um, all though? Don't we? Yeah, we definitely do. And I think too, with like crying is something that I remember one time my therapist was like, I think you'd be a crier if you let yourself. I agree with that. But I just, I, I, at some point in my childhood or whatever, I started to associate crying with weakness, but only something that's in myself. Like I don't, when other people cry, I don't see it as a weakness, but when I cry, I do. I'm like, why I need, I, it's because I. I feel like out of control of my emotions. Yeah. So the two wing one shrinks is like recognizing the needs of others and being supportive and encouraging. Um, and weaknesses tend to be like, we're really self-critical and we can be really insecure. We kind of ignore or sacrifice our own needs. And the one that is kind of a new one that I'm reckoning with recently is difficulty facing criticism from other people. And so I'm really bad at apologizing in the sense of that I hate doing it. It makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable to apologize. Why? Even if it's logically, if it's like, I'm like, I know I need to apologize. Like I did something. I think it's because I spend so much time and energy trying to make everything perfect for everybody else that when it doesn't work and something is people are like, Oh, I, you did this thing and it hurt my feelings. It feels like a personal failure and I'm extremely critical of myself because of it. Do you think that's a two trait or a one trait? I think it leans more towards, 
I don't know. I think it might be like 50-50. Because what I heard you say was perfect. You were trying to make things perfect. And that is a one trait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, from my personal experience, Seb also has a hard time apologizing. So I'm just wondering if that might be one thing. I think it's a – okay, yeah. I would say it's probably more of a one thing, but it also stems from like part of my two stuff of like wanting to meet everybody's needs. Sure. But yeah, so that's something that's – it's super hard for me and – there's so many like instances in my life when I look back that I'm like, oh my God, I definitely should have apologized for that. And I didn't because I just like, I was too like prideful about it or whatever. Like I couldn't do it. So apologizing to people is a new thing for me. It's a good skill to have. I'm glad you're it working on it. It's a good skill. Yeah. Um, okay. Talk us through your four wing three. Okay. So basic fear for me is having no significance in the world. So mm-hmm. I definitely resonate with that. It's like part of, I think part of the four thing is if I am authentically myself, then people will see me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then our basic desire is uniqueness and personal identity and I think for me, authenticity and personal identity are a big part of everything I do. So that definitely lines up. Yeah. As for strengths, uh, four wing three strengths are being in tune with themselves, which I feel like. Which is something you, yeah, like greatly value. And I feel like you impart that wisdom of like all this work you've done to like being in tune with yourself. It's something that you like share with all of us and help us like get better at being that way and explaining like, oh, this is important. Thank you. That's so nice. (laughs) Other things are like understanding feelings. I think that I am really, that's actually one of probably one of my greatest strengths is intimately understanding other people's feelings. And maybe that's too much empathy, but I think it's really helpful, especially because I can sometimes translate that to other people like, hey, this Mm. situation is happening. It actually is something that I talked about with my family recently Somebody had a situation at work where a female manager was upset about being yelled at by a male colleague, and she ended up crying. And I had to explain to some of the men in my family that, like, she was so frustrated that she had she needed to cry because she needed to get it out. And, like, that's not a weakness on her part. It's actually... It's like a coping skill. (laughs) It is. And it's also, she never should have been in that situation to begin with. Like, she got to the point where he was yelling at her so much that she was frustrated enough to cry. And, like, there is a breakdown there. And it's not her crying. It's way before the crying happened. Right. The crying is, like, the response to all these other things that happened prior. And where you, like, need to focus the change in the behavior. It's it's not like, oh, she doesn't need to cry. It's like... Wait, 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 what happened like five steps earlier? Exactly. Right. And it wasn't it wasn't an inappropriate situation where she was crying. She like kind of, you know, removed herself from the situation and just had a good cry. But sometimes, you know, those types of feelings aren't easy for other people to understand. And that comes really naturally to me. So and I guess that's hopefully an Enneagram 4 thing. And Enneagram 4s are also known to be creative and genuine and authentic. So check, check. But then as for weaknesses, we've said this already, but emotional reactions can be kind of out there, whether that's like frustration, anger, sadness. I feel like it's just like a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. Yeah. Focusing too heavily on image, self-doubt, that's a big one for me. 
and then tendency to seek approval from others, which is absolutely an issue for me. And that's kind of what I mentioned with like fear of judgment, fear of, you know, people looking at me and seeing something that I'm not, things like that. Yeah. They're just so accurate. Yeah, truly. It's kind of crazy. And it's nice to have it boiled down to because, again, one of the things I love about Enneagram is it's it's easy enough to remember that you can actually apply it when you're working with other people. Right. It really isn't complicated, which is I feel I feel like there are other personality tests that maybe are just as accurate, but you have to spend more time learning right. about them. Whereas this is like it's just like pretty quick and easy to digest. Yeah. And my memory is terrible, so the easier the better. Yeah. Another thing that's really interesting is how some of us do certain things that I feel like are very obvious Mm -hmm. based on your Enneagram type. So like Enneagram 4s are notorious for like music, like being very into having the perfect playlist and like setting Mm. the vibe musically, like things like that. And that is absolutely true for me. Like I have... I was going to say, I feel like I've seen that come up before, but I didn't know that it was... Yeah. yeah, related to your Enneagram. Mm-hmm. I um, I have a different playlist for like all different types of moods, but probably my most Enneagram 4 playlist is my like chill, quiet music. It's called Pretty Music. Pretty? Yeah, Pretty Music. Okay. And yeah, so that's it's just very Enneagram 4. And then another really stereotypical one is I don't really like to eat at chain restaurants. Like I will avoid a chain restaurant like the plague if I can. And things yeah. like even... Even brands that are like really well known, like I don't really shop at like Bath and Body Works. Or... I was just thinking about that one because I remember in our like group chat, maybe like a month ago, somebody was talking about how like oh, there's a big sale at Bath and Body Works for those big candles, and a couple of people were like, oh, sweet, I need to stock up. And you're like, is anybody surprised that I don't shop? There. <laughs> yeah, I you want your special candles. I do. I would rather shop small any day because then it's just more special and yeah. unique and all that. Totally. What about you? Anything yeah, fun? I love that. I feel like the only thing that I can really think of is I come off as indecisive a lot of the time, but it's not because I don't have an opinion. It's because I would just rather the other person get, get their way want a hundred percent. So people would be, I, I think probably some people would be like, wow, she's so indecisive. And I'm like, I'm really not. I haven't, I could make a choice, but I don't want to, because I want to make sure that that person gets what they want. <laughs> that is so crazy to me. <laughs> well, when I'm being healthy, I'll start being like you and be like, I think we should do this. Let's go here. And well, I do, I do that with some of my like closest, closest people. That I am not fearful of like, oh, if if I don't meet this need, they're going to leave me. If I don't have that fear with them, then I think it's it's easier for me to just have an opinion. It's really interesting that you say that because I feel like part of my three wing that I don't always love is the fact that I can sometimes be overbearing with my opinion. So like I have to Mm -hmm. pull myself back in from saying, no, I want to do it this way because I know that other people have opinions (laughs) and they they should sometimes get what they want. Like it should be a compromise. Yeah. You were like, okay, I need to step back a little bit. And my, I'm like, I need to step forward a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. Well, I feel like we've wrapped up this episode of Enneagram. I know we could probably talk for hours and hours about all the ins and outs, um, but hopefully this was a good overview of each of the types and then our types more specifically. 
Yeah. And if you guys want to check out the resource that we're putting together on all the different places to learn about Enneagram, feel free to follow us at LightheartedPod on Instagram. All right. And our next episode is going to be about the books that changed us. So we would absolutely love to hear from you about what books changed your life. And so you can email that information to us at likeheartedpodcast at gmail.com. And we will read some of those out in the next episode. See you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.